Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co-pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. Awesome. So today's message title is titled Clean Slate. Clean Slate. So what are your first thoughts that come to mind when you think of clean slate? Do you maybe think of the idea of forgiveness, new beginnings, restoration, mended relationships, second chances, hope? How many of you have longed for a clean slate in some area of your life? How many of you have longed for that? The chance to start over without the past hanging on your shoulders, constantly reminding you of your mistakes, your failures, your missed opportunities, the devastating disappointments, being knocked down, those rock bottom moments, the constant struggles or whatever it else you're thinking of. Maybe you're longing for a clean slate right now. Maybe it's in your marriage and you just wish all the bickering would stop, the silly arguments would just be squashed and y'all could just feel, gaze into each other's eyes and acknowledge the deep love that y'all have for one another. Maybe you desire a clean slate with your kids. Let's be honest. You know, whether they're young or older now, maybe you lost your cool today or this week or for a while now because you've been so frustrated and tired that you haven't been able to just remain calm. Or maybe you're hoping that they know how much you love them and would see past your shortcomings. We all have them, by the way. Maybe your older kids are out of the house now, but have been avoiding you or ignoring you. And who knows what And your mama's heart is just broken. Maybe you wish you could just have a heart to heart conversation and mend what is broken. Or maybe it's with your own parents. Maybe your relationship with one or both of them has constantly been up and down and you wish it could just be healthy and functional for once. Or maybe you long for a clean slate with yourself. Maybe you struggle to forgive yourself, see yourself as valuable, worthy, and give yourself another chance to succeed and do things right. Maybe you wish you could just throw off the guilt and the shame of the past and live free and happy. Or maybe there's another area of your life that we haven't covered tonight yet, but you long for a clean slate there, a new beginning, a second chance. Whatever it is, I want you to know there is still time to start over. Make things new and experience God's goodness in your life. Your story is not over. There are many more chapters to come. And God is involved in every detail of your beautiful story. He has the power to make something new with our past, our broken pieces, our struggles, all of our highs and lows. He can do the impossible and there is no story too messed up that he can't fix and make new. And so today we're talking about a clean slate and our three points are with others, with yourself, and with God. Pretty simple. With others, yourself, and with God. But like, let's get into that. Let's talk about first with others. Are there some relationships in your life right now that need mending? If so, you're normal. 
Relationships of all kinds can be very complicated, and I'm sure all of y'all know that by now, for many reasons. We are all so different from one another. Our emotions, our personalities, our communication styles, our upbringing, etc. We are bound to run into relational issues throughout our lifetime. But here's the truth. You will run into these issues within relationships, but it is up to us if we desire restoration, a clean slate, and healing or not. It takes hard work, action, intention, communication, forgiveness, and many second chances to enjoy the fruit of a healthy relationship. And I'm gonna share this disclaimer right now for some of y'all that are might think be thinking some things right now. Forgiveness doesn't always mean you will be best friends with this whatever person you're thinking about again. Forgiveness is a spiritual act that frees you from this, um, it frees you from the pain of the offenses and gives you, gives, I'm sorry, it frees you from the pain and it gives an opportunity for that relationship to be restored. Now, if any of you have, an exper have experienced an abusive relationship, physically, mentally, emotionally, one that's completely toxic or adulterous relationship or whatever else, a relationship that tears you down and brings out the worst in you rather than the best, then I am not telling you to forgive and then call that ex again or forgive and put your yourself in harm's way again or forgive and be best friend with the woman who belittled you and made you feel ugly about yourself. You get my point. So I'm not sharing this message like just forgive everyone and be friends with everyone. What I do believe is, is that we should forgive everyone, but not every situation means that you are completely best friends with them again. Our hope is that these relationships can be healed and God can do the impossible and there are many relationships in our lives that have potential to be healthy and strong but sometimes we miss it because we don't put in the effort and work. But there are some relationships that may be space and boundaries and removing from our life as the right thing to do, right? So that is my disclaimer. But today we're focusing on the thought of restoring these relationships um, that are not toxic and abusive, right? And so there are many late relationships that through forgiveness can be completely made new and other relationships that require forgiveness for the healing and wholeness of your life, of your heart, while you create the boundaries and create space from these specific people. But today I wanna to speak to the relationships in your life that have much potential to be something great and that simply need some TLC. This relationship may be for you, your marriage, with your own children, with your parents, with your siblings, your friends, family members, whoever else comes to mind, I don't know. Here's the thing though, nowadays when people encounter issues within relationships, they are so afraid of confrontation and they are afraid to put in hard work to make things better that they just decide to throw the whole thing out altogether. You know, so many times people abandon these relationships because they're like, this is too much. Like, I don't have time for this, but there is so much potential. It appears easier to them, but in the long run, it steals from what could have been. I put in parentheses, again, I'm not talking about the unfortunate, toxic, or abusive situations, okay? Go against the current culture and fight 
for the people you love. Put yourself in their shoes. Try to understand where they're coming from instead of always pushing to be understood yourself. Try talking about your feelings and asking them about theirs. Try problem solving, try counseling, try listening without interrupting. And I'll be the first to say that I'm bad at that. And if I've ever done that to you, please forgive me. But I am aware and I am working on it with my own husband um, and anyone else. But try listening without interrupting. Try seeing their hearts and try imagining their best intention rather than imagining that they have the worst intentions, right? And try imagining that Jesus also died for their sins too and loves them too. Acknowledge what they've been through and understand that they too are on a journey to find more of Jesus and wholeness themselves. Try seeing things a little bit different and be willing to give others a clean slate. Forgiveness is more than excusing what they have done to hurt you, but being willing to release them from the guilt and shame and not allowing the thought of the past of what negative experiences y'all have been through to taint the potential of the future. I mean, how many times have you either experienced it or been just this kind of scenario where, okay, you know what, you squash it with someone, your husband, your friend, your mom, whoever, and you're like, okay, squash, we're good. And then time goes on and you're just like, but remember when you did do that made me so mad and you bring it up. Oh, I don't know if I can trust you still because you did this. Or, you know, I don't know if I believe you because of this. I mean, and lost, almost everyone has justified reasons sometimes for feeling that way. But it is so hard to have a clean slate and expect restoration of a relationship if we're not willing to truly have a clean slate and throw out those things and offenses that were once there. Am I saying that's easy? No. It takes work to continue to say, okay, that is the past. We're moving forward. It takes work. But you get my point. In simpler terms, be willing to not constantly bring it up again when you're trying to heal and restore the relationship. When you allow these relationships in your life to have a clean slate through forgiveness, you also create space in your heart to have a clean slate for healing and wholeness. And so a clean slate with others. I'm going to share a couple verses on this point and then we'll move on to our second. Um, I have five here. So just listen up because they're good and they're right. Um, definitely directed towards what we're talking about. In Colossians 3.13, it says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others above all clothe yourself with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So make room because you know what? Others are going to mess up. They are going to have faults and just in a sense, expect it and be willing to forgive. In uh, Ephesians 4.31, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I mean, it's straight up like, hey, get rid of all that junk. And you know what? Just be kind and loving to those and forgive those that you love or that maybe aren't your favorite person because we are called to forgive our enemies, right? But in Matthew 6, 14, 
It says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And this verse is pretty intense, and so many times we don't think about this, but God is saying, like, hey, I have forgiven you a great debt. And he wants to. He, it's his passion to wash away your sins and love you and bring you into his presence. And he's saying, but please, just forgive others. Do the same to others. And if we hold that uh, back and don't do that, it literally shares that like God cannot release his forgiveness towards us when we are so unforgiving towards those around us. And so in Matthew 5.23, it says, so if you're presenting the sacrifice at the altar in the temple at church and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. This verse is always crazy too because it's pretty much saying like, hey, if you're at church, you're about to like get into worship and they're about to turn on Oceans by Hillsong and you're like, oh, this is my jam. Like I'm going to worship God so hard today. And then all of a sudden that person comes into your mind like dude like we got some beef you know this is weird like like god is literally sharing with us and encouraging us like it is so important to forgive and squash those things even as we go before the presence of god that he wants your heart to be clear of unforgiveness and bitterness not because he's mad at you like but because he wants your heart he cares for your heart to be cleansed and whole and happy and healed and, and in a good place. And so forgive those. And in Matthew 18, 21, it says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should we forgive someone who sins against me? How often should I forgive someone who sins against me? I mean, have you ever asked that or thought that like, dang, bro, like how many times am I going to have to forgive you for doing this? Like, and, and then he goes seven times and God says, Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. So it's like a lot, you know, um, you know, I don't know all the background to the story. Like, is it literally just that many times? No, like he's literally trying to say like over and over and over. And that is a hard pill to swallow. That is very challenging, but it is so important in our, for our own heart, in our Christian walk, even between our relationship with Christ, because unforgiveness literally creates this wedge between the people that have offended you, of even between people that haven't offended you because it begins to just fill your heart with bitterness and resentment and anger and then it begins to affect our relationship with God because not because we don't love God and God doesn't love us but because it's like this wedge of bitterness and unforgiveness in our heart and so God is saying forgive do yourself a favor and forgive and when you do it really gives an opportunity for restoration for relationships that have true potential and so clean slate with others. Let's go on to our second point, and that is with yourself. And so now let's talk about, about ourselves. How many times have you been your own worst critics? Constantly focusing on your own faults, failures, shortcomings. It's a broken record, right? Never acknowledging the good in you and constantly feeling less than. Some of you have no problem forgiving others. You're like, oh, forgiveness, I got this. Like, they didn't mean to. It's whatever, dude. Like, I see the best in others. But you just can't seem to extend that forgiveness towards yourself. You're constantly walking around with some shame or guilt of something from your past, beating yourself up day and night subconsciously. 
do you realize that you need forgiveness too? That you deserve a clean slate and a second chance? Do you realize that you're human and that you're bound to not get it right every time? You may not respond correctly in, the, in every situation. You may lose your cool with your kids sometimes. You may be irritable for no reason or PMS, I don't know, right? <laughs> you may have had some huge mistakes in your past that have genuinely affected your future in a negative way or your present. You may have tripped in, in that one sin more times than you can count. You may, have, you may struggle with addiction. You may be dealing with anxiety and depression and you're just sick of it. You may have hurt those that you love. And you may have done things that seem hard to forgive and let go of. But here's the truth. We all have. Each and every one of us here. I don't even know all of y'all's stories, but I know that none of us are perfect. You're not the only one. You're not the only imperfect person. And I know what you might be thinking right now too. Yeah, I'm sure all the other ones here haven't screwed, have, um, haven't screwed things up like me though. They haven't touched the surface of my craziness. But girl, I'm sure you'd be surprised at all of our life stories here. So don't get it twisted. You aren't too far gone to give yourself a clean slate and to allow God and others to love every part of you. So give yourself a break. You're an amazing mother. You're an amazing woman, wife, whatever you are. You are amazing. And so I'm going to share a couple of verses on this point. In 1 Timothy 1.15, it says, This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. <laughs> We're all sinners, okay? And this is Paul talking, and he says, And I am the worst of them all. He literally straight up said, I'm the worst of them all. He's that one person that tells you, Oh, man, if I walk in a church, I'll burn it down. You know, have you heard that before? Like, oh, I can't go to your church. Thanks for the invite. I'll burn it down. He's literally saying, I'm the worst of them all. And he says, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a perfect, a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. This verse is crazy. He's saying, I'm the worst of them all. And then he turns it around to help us see that, okay, God used me as the perfect example to show everyone else that they too are not too far gone. And not only can Jesus save their soul like me, but he could use them like me. You know, Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Like Paul is like a hardcore uh, servant of Christ. Like he did amazing things. And he said he was the worst. So don't count yourself off too soon thinking, oh, like, God might save my soul from hell, but I don't know if he'll use me. Girl, he wants to use you, okay? Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. So just in case someone might be thinking, well, I'm not that bad, though. You know, I haven't sinned. I'm not a sinner. Like, I really, I, I, all the Ten Commandments, yeah, I don't murder. I don't do, like, I'm good. Well, I just wanted to say, like, that we all sinned and we all fall short. So whatever you're feeling right now, none of us are perfect. Proverbs 24, 16 says, The godly may trip seven times, but they get back up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. My point in sharing this verse is we all trip. 
we all get tripped up over and over but I encourage you just like this verse to get back up and the last verse is Hebrews 12 1 and it says therefore since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run this race the race God has set before us and so I ended with this verse because I feel like so many of us carry this weight of if it's sin yes whatever obvious sin but really even shame and guilt for our past the things that Jesus has already forgiven the things that we can't change the things we can't control that we are just weighed down by worry and shame and guilt and and all of that stuff that is so hard to run this race but he's saying strip it off so that you can run this race with endurance so I encourage you to strip whatever that is off forgive yourself give yourself a clean slate a second chance and remember that you're freaking hardcore you're amazing and God wants to use you and let's go to our last point and that is clean slate with God so let's finally talk about where we stand with God when you first think of how God sees you right now what are your first thoughts that come to mind is it loved, forgiven, cherished, perfect? Or is it dirty, sinful, a mess up, unworthy of his love? I mean, it might be a combination. Maybe it's a little bit of both, but I think many of us can feel torn between what we know and what we feel. We have heard that God loves us, forgives us, makes us new, but sometimes we feel the opposite. Have you ever felt like that? Just had one of those days or many days where you're like, I'm a Christian, I read the Bible, I sing my worship songs, I love God. He loves me. But you sit there and you just feel totally opposite, like just straight up like, but I don't feel that way. You know, we feel like we mess up too many times or we don't spend enough time with him so he's mad at us or we just aren't good enough or he doesn't have time for us. But just the super good Christians, he does. All of these are lies. The truth is you are so, so loved. Nothing can separate you from his love, not even your worst days or your worst sins or your worst mistakes. When you choose to come back to him, to turn to him, to cry to him, his arms are always opened and ready to embrace you. Once you give him your heart and your life, the Bible tells us that he truly forgives us. He doesn't see your sin when he looks at you. He sees you for who you really are deep down in all the greatness in your heart. What he did on the cross for you covers it all. He makes you new, restores you, forgives you, and gives you the clean slate. And he sees you as such. He is not constantly bringing up your shortcomings that is the devil the Bible says that the devil is the accuser in the of the brethren and that is in revelations he is constantly accusing you day and night that little whisper in your ear you're not good enough you can't get it right your kids hate you you're a horrible wife you're never gonna make it like that's the devil so just tell him to shut up next time what he did on the cross was powerful enough did you realize it was powerful enough to abolish everything that you think disqualifies you from his love everything I'm gonna say that again what Jesus did on the cross for you is enough to abolish everything that you think disqualifies you 
from his love. I'm not saying that God, uh, I'm not trying to say, okay, God forgives you girls, so just go do what you want. Like, cause he's gonna forgive you, go do all that craziness. That's definitely not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that his love is strong enough to forgive it all. And his love will draw you closer to him and give you the desire to live a life that honors him little by little. God isn't demanding perfection. He is simply asking for you to take the first steps towards him and receive his unconditional love for you. And I'm going to end with a couple of verses. In Lamentations 3.23, it says, Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Great is his faithfulness. His mercy is new for you every single morning that you wake up. You don't have to go weeks feeling like crap and not enough and unworthy and, and guilty and shame. He says, in the morning, new mercy, girl. Get up. It's a new day. Psalms 103.12 says, He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Think about that. He has literally removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. He's not thinking about them. He's not looking for them like, oh, where'd their sins go? Let me go see. He's like, I got, I removed it. In Micah 7, 19, it says, Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them in the depths of the ocean. Another version says, throw them into the seas of... Hold on one second. And another version says, throws them into the depth, okay, throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. The sea of forgetfulness. Like he literally is like, let me see this sin. I don't want to think about that ever again. It is drowned in the sea of forgetfulness. So he's not looking at your sin. He's looking at you. In Jude 124, it says, now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his presence without a single fault. God is working in your life. He's not just looking at you saying, come on, you got to make it to the finish line. Don't mess up. He's saying, I got you. I'm keeping you. I'm bringing you into my presence without a single fault. And the last verse I will share is Romans 8, 1 through 2. And it says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So if you're feeling condemned and feeling all this weight on your shoulder, it literally says, you believe in Jesus. If you, if he is the Lord of your life, then there is no more condemnation. He forgives you. He removes your sin and he sees you for who you are. He created you and he knows the depths of your heart and he made only you in a good way. He made greatness inside of you and he loves you. And so God gives you a clean slate and he sees you for who you are and he is not fixated on our mistakes or our sins, but he's fixated on the, the passionate love that he has for you. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Gravetop Church. Thanks for listening.